Are you working? What kind of work do you do? We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Evening, Commissioner. From the makeshift studios in Mulligan Hill, New Jersey, it is Talking Ish with your commish. Back from the two-week break. Needed it to recharge the batteries a little bit. And unfortunately, I'm a little bit on the weather right now. If you can't hear it in my voice, you will as the podcast goes on. I'm sure the uh, excessive drinking I've been doing, I've been on like a fucking three-week bender. That's not helping. Neither is my jewel lifestyle or my schmockin' weed. I'm sure none of it really helps, but yeah, we're back because, you know, I had to do it. I had to come back for another episode because it is week 13, fantasy football. It is the final week of fantasy football. A lot of shit on the line for a lot of different teams. Very interesting way to end the year and what's been a very competitive year in the fantasy football league. The founding fighters, man, this might be the most competitive year we've had. But we'll get to that. I want to talk a little bit first about some other stuff. Get it out of the way. A little just conversation about shit that's been on my mind or whatever I fucking feel like talking about. That's how we start the show all the time, right? This podcast is being brought to you by Fat Joe Blanton's. I'm drinking some Blanton's right now. Boy, is it delicious. I'm just going to take a sip. Excuse me. Oh, man, that is fucking smooth. Fucking love it. Anyway, uh, I hope you all enjoyed your Thanksgivings. The holiday season is upon us. My favorite time of year, Christmas. Putting up all the Christmas shit right now in my house. I got the trees both up. I got two trees because we're a little extra, a little excessive. Um, we were getting all the other shit up. You know how we do up the house. You see it when you come over for New Year's and all that. It takes a lot of work, a lot of effort. But yeah, excited for Christmas. We just had our uh, 10-year high school reunion. That was nice and fucking awkward. Nothing like seeing people you haven't fucking talked to in 10 years and trying to make conversation. What the fuck do you talk about? It's like, oh, hey, man, what's going on? Oh, you're still a loser? Oh, that's cool. And I think for me in particular, like high school is a fucking weird time for me because I, you know, I was a fucking asshole in, in high school and I did a lot of stupid things. But all in all, like I have no, no ill will against anybody I went to high school with. So it's not like there was drama or anything like that. But bringing my wife to meet people from high school was like a little uncomfortable for her. She doesn't know anybody and she had, she's a little anxious about it. So her and I got pretty drunk before we went. Like we were drinking at five o'clock. We were watching the match which was a fucking sick event. I loved that. The only thing with the match, and I'll, I'll get back to the reunion in a second, but the match was a very interesting concept, but not as great in terms of execution. I think Phil and Tiger are maybe not the most interesting guys. And maybe that's true of just golfers in general. Maybe they aren't. Maybe they're a little too serious. But I know there's a couple golfers out there that are fucking like wild. Like the guys that are doing like, like Dustin Johnson fucking doing like lines in the bathroom of the clubhouse and shit get me him versus somebody he fucking hates and let's see them play the match degenerate gambling in between fucking saying hey you want to bump a line off like my nine iron before you fucking hit this shot you won't pussy like shit like that would be great i want to hear cursing i want to hear these guys going at each other like fucking at each other's throats it would have made it a lot better but anyway back to the reunion 
We're drinking before. I'm drinking during the match. I'm fucking... Jen's, like, pounding drinks. We get into the city. We meet Dave. We're pounding drinks. We meet Mike. We're pounding more drinks. By the time I got to the reunion, I was fucked up. And then I just keep drinking there because what's there to do in an awkward situation but drink? And it's not awkward because, you know, you don't... You know, like, you have anything weird with the people that are there. It's just awkward because you have to force conversation with people. And maybe I'm just, like... In my old age, I'm not as good at that as I used to be, or I just have a lack of interest. When you're out there like Dave, and you're trying to bone chicks, or bring like a nice girl home to make your like significant other or whatever, that's one thing. Because then you've got the hunger, you got the like the drive to go out and fucking have conversation with people, and it excites you. For me, I'm like, fuck, this is a chore. I got to fucking open my mouth and make words, and (laughs) not try to come off like a human being and not like some creep that just fucking literally hates people just sits in his basement doing podcasts for the nine people that listen that's aggressive it's more like five five maybe max five max listen so jen and i dipped out a little bit early because we were a little too fucked up and it was about that time where jen was getting like fall down drunk and anytime jen starts getting fall down drunk it's time to get the fuck out because nothing good comes after that you know like the stages of drunkness with some people it's like first drink they're a little bit chatty. Second drink, they're uh, they're kind of getting a little bit louder. Third drink, they're just like laughing their ass off, having the greatest time. But then like fourth drink, they start to get a little like too close to you. And they're like hovering in your face, like talking to you like way too close. Fifth drink, they're literally like you, you could like put a penny between how close they are to you and your face. And then like if they get to sixth drink, like it's like, I uh, I love you and they're all over you or they're falling down and then like anything beyond that just increases like an anger level for some reason with some people that's Jan she gets like six drinks (laughs) past six drinks she's an angry little elf we gotta take her home put her to bed we get in the uh, fucking before we get in the Uber she's like she sees me calling the Uber and she's like no I don't wanna go and she gronk spikes my fucking phone which if you've been with me recently, you'll you'll know that I don't rock a case because you really don't need to with the new iPhones. So I was caseless, and she literally gronk spiked my phone, cracked the entire back of my phone. Thank God it wasn't the fucking front. Cracked the entire back, though. So my phone's all fucked up now. We got into an Uber driver with the fucking guy who definitely fucks little girls in his basement and has them locked up. He's telling his wild stories about... How his, like, fucking whole family's going to jail. And he's into K-pop, which is Korean pop, for those of you who have never ventured. Um, which is something that, in the States, only fucking guys who fuck little girls listen to. Um, so just a real creepy, weird experience. But overall, I had a good time. I got fucked up. I saw some people I hadn't seen in a while. Like Jared Anarelli. Fucking Jared Anarelli, man. He's still around. He's not dead yet. Um, a couple other people, you know, it was a good time. Good time. From what I heard about the rest of the night, it sounded like Dave had an eventful affair. He, uh, he got a little pecorino romano from, uh, a nice lady <coughs> from our class. Um, got some numbers, I think. So hopefully, you know, my boy gets something out of that. I, th- I hope he had a good time. I know Mike and Ashley, they look like they were having a good time. Good times all around. But anyway, that was my high school reunion. Thanksgiving was great. Went over to, uh, the family spend some time eating food. I've literally been just a fat fuck uh, for the last two or three weeks. 
You know how like after Thanksgiving, you just like you literally eat the Thanksgiving meal for like a solid week straight and you don't give a shit because it's great food. Thanksgiving is one of the best days of year. Nobody talks about it's like everybody wants to skip right to fucking Christmas. Hold on a second. Hold on just a goddamn second. We've got Thanksgiving. We've got mashed potatoes and we've got fucking turkey that nobody cares. But turkey's like the worst part of Thanksgiving meal, right? Of all of the foods at Thanksgiving, turkey's got to be at the bottom. Unless you're talking about turkey leg. You get the leg of the turkey, you're a lucky motherfucker. And I felt so honored at Jen's Thanksgiving. Uh, Her grandmother comes up to me almost like on the side. Because her brother is, you know, fucking around with this other girl that he's married to now. Not showing up to family shit. And uh, I've kind of become the man of the house in a certain sense of the word. Uh, You know, there's Uncle Joe, who's always going to be Uncle Joe. You know, I, I aspire to be Uncle Joe. But, you know, I'm quickly climbing up that ladder. But her grandmother pulls me aside and she's like, Brent, I saved you one of those turkey legs. It's just for you. Don't let anyone else touch it. And she put it on my plate and off we went. Turkey leg just for me. Delicious. I hope you guys, though, enjoyed your holidays. Hopefully you got some time away from work because we all know work sucks, especially this time of year. You're not fucking. It's like dark out all the fucking time. You don't want to be there. You're just thinking about, like, Christmas break and New Year's break. And I'm sure, like, for fucking Jake, it's even tougher. Because now he's thinking about a wedding and his bachelor party. Like, he's got great things coming up. We all got great things coming up. Uh, Yeah, man. Just, like, a fucking awesome time of year. Um, The only thing that sucks is it's fucking cold and uh, it's dark out. But that's fine. We'll make it pass. I wanted to talk a little bit about the state of Philadelphia sports. And for those of you who aren't Philadelphia sports fans, go fuck yourselves, because that's what we're going to talk about. I think the state of Philadelphia sports is a little bit all over the place right now, right? Let's start with let's start with the Phillies. We're going to talk about the Phillies for a second. I never talk about baseball on this podcast. I actually used to be a big baseball fan. Growing up, like, going to the vet, going to Phillies games, we had season tickets. Like, that was the thing to do in my family. We were so into baseball from the Scott Rowland era all the way through the World Series era and then to now. And it's just been it's been an odd experience, right? Because you you had the Phillies I feel like the Phillies growing up, like we were never really competitive, but you always had a guy on the team you kinda liked. A guy like Scott Rowland and then we got Jim Tomey. That was exciting. And then in two thousand seven you start to get into holy shit, we're making the playoffs. Two thousand eight, we win the fucking World Series out of nowhere. And then for the next four years or so, we're dominant. We're like the team everybody's talking about, and that was awesome. Even though we didn't end up winning in that span, just being in the conversation was fun. And it was a lot of fun to be at the ballpark on like a Sunday or like a Saturday afternoon when like those afternoon games, just drinking a beer, eating a hot dog, being at the Phillies game. And it was baseball was relevant in this city. It almost became a baseball town for those that four-year stretch. Then Ryan Howard in the, uh, the game against St. Louis – tears the Achilles, and then they were never the same after that. Now, fucking rebuild mode, everybody lost interest. But now they're starting to pull you back in a little bit, right? This year, a little bit more to watch. New coach who's a fucking weirdo, but kind of kind of intrigues you a little bit. He's at least something that makes you want to watch to be like, what the fuck is this guy doing? But they got a couple of young, young players, and now they're talking about these big-name free agents, Bryce Harper. Manny Machado, this fucking pitcher I've never heard of, but is apparently pretty good. I've, I have not watched baseball in so long that I couldn't even tell you who the big star players are, but I know that the ones that they're talking about 
connected to the Phillies right now are big, a big fucking deal. And if they land one of these whales, I'm back in. I'm ready to watch some baseball. And even if they don't, I'm still a little bit more interested than I was. So the Phillies, while they have been abysmal after the, uh, I'll call it the Charlie Manuel era Phillies, after that, you know, it is what it is, but they're starting to get interest. They're starting to get you back in. So there's at least a glimmer of hope there, and you see what they're doing. They're rebuilding the talents there, young guys. All you need to do is go and add some pieces, and maybe we're back in the conversation. You move over to the Eagles now. The Eagles won a Super Bowl last year. Obviously, a lot of hype coming into this year. Hasn't lived up to expectations. A win against the Giants this weekend, kind of an uninspiring win, not instilling a whole ton of confidence. But keep in mind, there's lots of injuries. This is not the same team from last year. Carson Wentz didn't really have an offseason. There's a lot of factors going into this season that really made it shape out to be not what we thought it was. But there's still a glimmer of hope. And I think overall, we're all very positive and feeling pretty good about the Eagles. I think I think we can all agree on that. There's plenty of talent. The core is strong enough. The, I think the coach is decent enough that you feel pretty good. The GM showed you he can win a Super Bowl, put together a team that can do something. So I think despite the fact that this year may be a lost year, because even if you get into the playoffs, I don't know how far you're going to go unless you catch lightning in a bottle like one of those giant seasons. We'll see how far we can go. But my expectations are adjusted for this year. So I think positivity is still there around the Eagles. So now the Phillies, positivity. Eagles, positivity. Good things. But the, the team that I'm just so out on, and I have been out on for almost two years now, maybe even longer, if I really sit down and think about it, is the Flyers. I know they made a lot of headlines this week, firing Ron Hextall, and a lot of talk about You know, is Hackstall going to go now? To be honest with you, who really gives a fucking shit? Who does? If you think about the Flyers, man, for the last 40 fucking years, losers. Yeah, they got there and lost a bunch of times, probably more than any other team in this fucking city. So yeah, they've been relevant. They've been a playoff team for the most part in my lifetime. But the last few years, man... It's just been the culmination of our unwillingness as an organization to adjust to a league that has changed dramatically. After the lockout season of the NHL, the league completely changed. Gone are the days of old Flyers hockey, which we have been trying to cling to, meaning we as the Flyers organization has been trying to cling on to since we won the fucking Stanley Cup back in the goddamn 70s. In the fucking 70s. We're still talking about Flyers hockey. Those days are gone, my friends. The Broad Street bullies and all that shit, that shit does not fly in the NHL anymore. Bruisers and fucking guys who hit people. And Hextall, in my mind, was getting you, a little, like, getting you away from that. And yeah, it took five years, nothing to show for it. But at least he was trying something different. At least he was building young talent instead of going out and getting guys past their prime, signing them to long-term contracts two-way fucking players left and right, guys who can, you know, they really, they play Flyers hockey. What the fuck does that even mean? What, so they lose. That's what you're telling me. Oh, yeah, this guy, he's a, he's, he plays Flyers hockey. So he's a fucking loser. He loses. He doesn't put the fucking biscuit in the basket. How about some guys that can go east to west, north to south, guys who are shifty, guys who are fast, guys who are quick, a guy who can just 
park at the top of the circle and snipe all fucking day. Where the hell is that on our fucking team? You look at the Flyers team right now, man, and I just see a bunch of mismatched players. There's some talent on there, sure. There's a lot of young players on there, sure. But I just, it's like uninspired hockey. And when you look around the league at some of these teams that have just like these, these young guys that buzz around the ice, you just look at the Flyers and you're like, wow, we are far away. And now they fire the general manager. And it almost seems like they have no fucking plan in place to move this thing forward. And it sounds from what everybody's been speculating that there's a little bit of, you know, disagreement on the direction of the team between Hextall and the rest of the Flyers brass. Here's what I don't understand. Why in the fuck do we continue to allow old Flyers players to run our goddamn organization? I'm like, I'm literally, I'm sitting here waiting for an announcement that says, Oh, well, our, our new general manager is Eric Lindros, and our new coach is John LeClaire because we just need to recycle Flyers players to try to capture some old magic from the great old days. You know, every one of these fucking people that works in the Flyers organization needs to go. And I was so disappointed after Ed Snyder dies, I kind of like, I took that as like, and this is kind of fucked up. As much as Ed Snyder has done for this city and had, did for that organization, I looked at it as like, this is a fresh start. Because Ed Snyder was part of the problem, quite honestly, of why the Flyers continued to just like, they were, it's insanity, doing the same thing over, expecting different results. He was the definition of that. Just keep him, let's keep bringing in Flyers dudes to do Flyers hockey things and not win anything. And I know he wanted to win, but he was way too loyal to these guys that are way past their prime don't know how to manage a modern NHL roster and just aren't with it, man. And you finally bring in a guy who might be able to do something different and you let him go because you're, you're impatient. And now like, I don't know what the future holds and yeah, maybe they bring in some outside guy and we have a glimmer of hope, but fucking Paul Holmgren and everybody above that was above Hextall needs to fucking go. So Comcast, Jake, get on the phone, call some of your buddies at Comcast, tell them to get rid of everybody. Fucking start from scratch. Clear fucking house. Get rid of fucking everybody. If Paul Holmgren, and I get it, he had success getting some Flyers teams to a Stanley Cup final and all that shit. But for the most part, he was a failure because he didn't win anything. I judge you by winning. And he didn't win anything. He's a failure. So why is he allowed to evaluate anything in this organization? Get him the fuck out of here. So the Flyers, miserable fucking I am not invested in the Flyers until I see some significant changes and a change of direction and something to inspire me. Because right now you've got, you've got talent. Like Giroux is a talent. Is he a superstar? I don't think so. Is he a great player? Sure. Superstar? I, don't, I really don't think so. His stats might say he's a superstar, but stats aren't everything. Superstars fucking win. Crosby won. Ovechkin won. Giroux? Nothing. Hasn't won shit. It's hardly even gotten there. Got there, fell short. You know who I got the most hope for in this city? 76ers, baby. And I'm not a guy. Growing up, I didn't watch basketball. I watched Allen Iverson and like that team that made a run, sure. But then after that, it was garbage, right? For the like next 20 fucking years of Sixers basketball, it was all garbage. Until recently, Sam Hinkie comes in, trusts the process, does things the right way, in my opinion, of, he realized the NBA was a, a league where you needed players to win. And he tanked, 
He did something a little bit bold, something different. And it made a lot of fucking sense to a lot of people in this city because we all got behind it. We were patient. And now look at us. We've got Joel Embiid, who is a generational player, boys. This kid is unbelievable. Like, you have to sit back and realize you're watching probably one of the greatest players of his position of all time in his prime playing the game of basketball. He's only been playing the game of basketball for a couple of years. A couple of years. And he's this fucking good. I have never witnessed a big guy with so much talented footwork, skill finishing at the rim, ability to shoot the ball, and just just a shutdown defender at times. Like, you watch him go up against some of these other big men. Like, he went up against Anthony Davis the other night. And Anthony Davis, really, honestly, he ate his lunch. And that's that guy, they talk about that guy like he's the best player in the NBA. And he fucking, he did a great fucking job defending him. And he got his points. He got his. So one of the best players, in my opinion, in the NBA. I really do. If you, if you include centers in the conversation, he's a top five player. Then you got Ben Simmons, who I know everybody's all pissed, shoot the ball, all that crap. I'm a little bit more patient, though, because I realize that he's a facilitator. He's a guy who takes up space on the floor, and when he wants to get to the rim, he's going to get to the rim, especially now that they brought in Jimmy Butler, who has been worth every little bit of what we gave away. And there's this team, guys, this team could do something. This, and I, I don't know, Golden State's out there, and you got to get past the East because you still got Milwaukee and Toronto. But there's no reason that once this team figures it out, because you got to remember, Jimmy Butler's brand new still. We're still trying to figure out how does everybody fit in, who's going to be the role players. We have to figure all that shit out, and we're still killing it. We're still sitting pretty right now. Boston, from last year, all those problems we had in that series, forget about it. You think Boston's going to be able to do what they did to Ben Simmons in that playoff series with Jimmy Butler on the floor? Go ahead. Go ahead and put your wall up against Ben Simmons. I've got two other guys that can beat you now. And I've got some guys coming off the bench, and I don't think they're done acquiring talent. This team excites me. I'm into basketball. I'm into the NBA. I've been in since the process started. I remember sitting down at um, at Champs, which is, I don't even think is Champs anymore, and watching all... Every single, I went to every single draft at Champs to watch these guys get drafted. And now I've watched them rise to stardom. And it's exciting as shit, man. I can't wait to watch the game tonight. And uh, even if even if like we go on a run where we lose a bunch of games, I'm still invested. I'm still excited because the Sixers are putting out a good product. So three of the four teams in this city give you hope. One is just hopeless. One game I'm really looking forward to with the Sixers, too, while we're on the topic of the Sixers, is the Christmas Day game against Boston. That should be must-watch TV for everybody because I think we're going to spank them. We're going to spank Boston. I can't wait to fucking face Boston again. I hate the city of Boston. Can I tell you that? I fucking hate them. I hate them because they're good. I hate them because they win, and I hate them because they're all happy. They're all happy with all the championships they have, and I hate watching other people be happy while I'm miserable. And even though I got my Super Bowl and I got a two Villanova championships and a, and a World Series, it's not enough. I want more. I want more always. Once you get a taste of victory, it's like money. Once you get a taste of money, you want more money. Too much money ain't enough money, you know? Too much winning ain't enough winning. I want more winning. I want more championships. I want more parades. I want to get drunk in Jake's fucking uh, apartment in Philly and, and fucking watch parades. That's what I want to do. And have Mr. London with his giant flag at all times. I want that in my life. I need that in my life. Need more of it. 
That's all I'm going to say on that. So that's the state of Philly sports. And another topic I got that's on my mind I want to talk about is the state of the music world right now. What garbage. What fucking garbage, man. I went on Spotify the other day. Have you gone on Spotify and like looked at the top 50 songs on Spotify? I couldn't even fucking tell you any of these songs. What the fuck's wrong with kids these days that they're so into this music? It's garbage, dude. And I'm not just being like an old head and being like, I don't understand this modern music. These fucking kids and your music stinks. It, it fucking stinks, dude. These kids don't even know what good music is. And you've got good artists out there. Like, and most of the shit in the top 50 is like this garbage rap music. I, I grew up with like good rap music. The fucking Biggies and Tupacs and Eminems and all that shit. And uh, right now you got guys like J. Cole. I don't see him anywhere on that top 50. But then you've got like Takashi six six nine six 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 nine or whatever the fuck he calls himself and XXX Tentacion and all these other like mumble mouth garbage whiny fucking kill yourself rappers who get tattoos on their face with rainbow colored fucking hair and all this other shit and their music is terrible. I even gave it a chance because I like saw this thing about this Takashi six nine guy getting arrested. First, it was for, like, fucking little girls, and now it's for, like, racketeering somehow. Somehow a fucking rapper is involved in a racketeering case. Why he is, I don't know. I don't think he's a gangster of any kind because he looks like a dude that would be behind a glory hole in, like, a, a gas station or something. I don't know the appeal of it. I don't see it. I listen to his music, and it's literally like, I'm so cool, man. This is great. Bro, gonna kill a nigga. Shit. Like, what is it? That's not music, man. I need lyrics. I need a story. I need content. Can't listen to that garbage. I encourage you right now, open your phone up. Go to Spotify. I know you got Spotify. Check out the top 50 songs. Tell me if you think any of those songs are any good. Not even a good beat in most of the songs. The only song I will say that has a good beat is that Mo Bamba song that's out right now. Outside of that one, fucking garbage garbage so people fucking somebody talk to kids because this music stinks all right now let's go to the fantasy football league most importantly we've got week 13 coming up i just want to run through both divisions we're going to talk about each team and where they sit right now as of week entering week 13 and what they may or may not be able to do to get into the playoffs so we're going to start with the guy uh we're going to start with the jew division and uh, a guy who's already been eliminated from the playoffs at 3-9 and nine in last place of the entire league and the Jew division, eliminated from playoff contention, is Stein. He started the season with a revenge win over the Kamish, then lost eight straight games. Eight straight. He currently sits in paintball position, but with two wins out of his last three games, both coming against Mark, in fact, Stein has put himself in a position to try to climb out of that, try to not get paintballed. If he wins this week... And Dave loses. Because of the points four, it's very likely that Stein might be able to save himself. But again, he needs Dave to lose, and he needs a win. He's got a tough uh, game coming up, though, on this last game of the season. He faces Jake, who has a very strong team. And uh, without a win, he can't do shit. He needs to win to get out of paintball position. And if he does get paintballed, we've all agreed, we will get him a Trump mask. And we will all shoot the fucking shit out of him. While I'm on the topic of Stein, I haven't had the chance to officially on this podcast congratulate him on his beautiful baby girl. 
I don't know how something with Stein's DNA could come out looking like that baby did, but I am so thankful for her that she's taking more after uh, Margaret than Stein. So congratulations, my friend, on your beautiful baby girl. I hope she grows up to be uh, half the man that you are. Well, not a man, but you know what I'm trying to say. Half the person that you are, because then she would be pretty fucking great, because you're a pretty cool dude. Um, They can't wait to paintball you. So, yeah, there's that. Anyway, moving on in the Jew division, sitting in second to last is Mark uh, with five and at the for the five and seven record. Mark started the season five and three. Things were looking good, but it would appear I think that that Le'Veon Bell pick, that first overall pick, is starting to come back to bite him in the ass a little bit. It's not so much Le'Veon himself, I don't think. It's the it's the void of a true number one overall talent on his roster that's really starting to hurt him. He's lost four straight games including two to Stein. So two losses to Stein, who, again, in paintball position. Mark's virtually pretty much been eliminated from playoff contention. A couple of ways he could get in. Um, He would have to tie with the commish, who has a 122-point lead on him. So I think that's pretty unlikely that he can score that many points to overcome that much of a deficit. His squad is good enough, uh, though, to close out the season strong and put in a good showing here for the last week and disrupt some shit for some people. He's a tough matchup against the league's number one overall team, his brother along BJ. But Mark, former champion, I think he equated himself to the Giants. Like, he'll, like, come out and, like, beat a great team or something and then lose or whatever his analogy was. I don't really remember. It was a long time ago. Sorry, Mark. That sounder didn't make it in. But Mark sitting in second to last in the U division. Above Mark... At 5-7 and seven as well is Zach Maron, who, uh, through his first 10 games this season, he, he alternated. It's actually fascinating. He alternated win-loss through the first 10 games. So it was win-loss, 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 win-loss through the first 10 games of the season. Um, up until the last three weeks, where now he's lost three straight games. His last two, he got smacked down by teams that just put up 160-point performances. Not much you can do against that. If he wants to make the playoffs, he's going to need to take down Fox this week because he needs to get to six wins to at least be able to hit some tiebreakers to get past some people, including Fox, to be able to get into the playoffs. The one thing I think that's going to hurt him in a crushing blow that came this weekend, he lost Melvin Gordon, which has honestly been one of Zach's most consistent and best players all season. So will he able to be able to get past this hurdle? If you remember, he lost his... Uh, his running back earlier in the season um, to injury before we even played a game. So got to get hot against Zifo and hope that he can get in. So in the rest of the Jew division, uh, we in our second place team in the Jew division, we got Zifo. His team has showed flashes of greatness and then flashes of poop. Not the strongest Zifo team we've seen. I mean, historically, the guy's a former champion. Um, but this isn't one of his better teams, I don't think. He's going to go up against Zach this week. If he loses and the commission wins or loses but outscores him by more than 18.7 points, then he could find himself the first team out of the playoffs. So a couple ways he can get in, or one way he can get in is just winning. The other way he could get in, uh, actually there is no other way he can get in. He's got to win. Or you got to hope the commission just gets fucking blown out and puts up a stinker. That ain't going to happen. Let me tell you that right now. So then in first place in the Jew division, sitting on top of the Jew division, 
Um, taking the league by storm right now is Dehead Heeb ML. ML started the year in a rough way. He lost four of his first five games. Four of his first five. Then he went on a fucking tear. He won six straight until he lost to Jake this week. ML can guarantee himself a first-round playoff bye with a win. If he loses, though, he could slide down the playoff rankings quite significantly because the strength of the Gentile division, there's a lot of teams in there with eight wins. He's not going to be able to get past them with a loss. So Mike needs to get it done. He'll face the Kamish this week. The Kamish could bring it, or he could put up a dud. The last week of the season historically has always come down to ML versus the Kamish, and usually playoff uh, playoff berths are on the line. ML safely into the playoffs at this point, but now seeding is a factor because if he wins the Jude division, he gets a bye. If he doesn't, he could fall down very significantly in these in these playoff rankings. So then we move on to the Gentile division. Uh, in last place of the Gentile division at four and eight is Dave Bra. Dave started the season relatively strong, 3-2 and two through his first five games with wins over powerhouse teams like BJ and Jake. But ever since then, the wheels have kind of fallen off. He's lost six out of his last seven games. And these losses aren't coming at like a lack of effort. My man is doing all he can to win games. He's probably one of the most active players in terms of roster management. And he's done a great job of managing his roster throughout the year. It's just that it's hard to overcome a bad draft. And you can't turn your team around on the waiver wire. You really can't. The running back position for him has just been a big issue pretty much all year. And despite the fact that he's got Drew Brees and Antonio Brown, the rest of his squad, it's a it's a makeshift squad. So Dave has been eliminated from playoff contention and is fighting for his life right now. If he loses this week and Stein wins, based off of the point totals right now, it is very likely that Dave will be paintballed for the third time in four years. Now, one advantage I think that Dave has this week against Stein it's the fact that Stein lost Leonard Fournette to suspension. So one of Stein's better players, not eligible to play. He will face Jof this week, which, you know, probably the most important game for Dave all year. And I know probably every you could say that about any game, but this is the one he absolutely must win. So if uh, if Dave wins and he's, he's all good, but if he loses and Stein wins, he's going to get paintballed. And I don't think any of us want to see that. Third time in four years, not 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 great. But we're all pulling for you, Dave. So go and get her done, would you? Um, above Dave in the Gentile division at six and six is the Commish. Right now, I find myself the last team into the playoffs, and I had a rough start to the season, going two and five through my first seven. But since then, I've won four out of five with my only loss coming to Joe from a game that was decided by .3 fucking points. And if I had just been a little bit better with my roster management, I would have been 5-5 five and five in these last five games. But the commish, this week, I cashed in all the chips. I put in $63 to claim Austin Eckler, who will be filling in for the injured Melford and Gordon in L.A., and I think I'm going to get good production out of that. I'm hoping. Commish, um, I, I think I've managed this thing pretty well, you know? Despite the fact that my second overall pick in Devonta Freeman has been hurt most of the year, and I've had some other guys that have been in a little bit of a disappointment, I think the late-round draft stash and my patience and not dropping on Johnson early on in the year has paid off. He's starting to look like a starter, and hopefully he can stay healthy this week and get a start. But I think I've went from one of the worst teams in this league to a, a contender, a potential playoff team. 
So for the commission, it's very simple. Win, and you're in. You just got to take down ML this week, who has been one of the league's hottest teams as well. So two hot teams going up against each other. Now, I could lose this week and still get in, but a number of things would need to happen. If I lose, I would need Zach Barron to either lose or win, but not have enough points to push me out of the playoffs. If I win and Fox loses, I could potentially move up a spot in the playoff rankings. So a lot on the line for the commission here in week 13. We'll see if I can get it done. I think I'm feeling pretty good about this week, but hopefully, you know, these projections hold true. Now, the next three teams in the Gentile division, which is a much more competitive division this year, they're all fighting for this top spot. Any one of these teams could end up number one. But the last of the eight and four teams right now sitting in third place in the Gentile division is Jake. Jake got off to a slow start this year, starting the season one and two. Then he went on to win five straight games. And when I say he won, he won in dominating fashion. Then he had two weeks of sub-80-point performances. Kind of fell off a little bit. And now he's finished the last two games pretty strong. Two dominating performances as well. So the two games that Jake put up less than 80 points or 80 or less points really have hurt him in these standings because the two teams ahead of him have been pretty consistent throughout the year, and those two games really brought him down the points four category, which is why now at 8-4, and four, he's tied for uh, he's tied in terms of his record, but his points four have kind of put him in a bad position in terms of these rankings. Uh, but he's still a threat. He's still got plenty of fucking talent on his team. And I got two words for you guys. Todd Gurley. Todd fucking Gurley is Jake's bread and butter. And as long as he's on that roster, Jake's got a shot. And I think he's he's uh, pretty much like one of the favorites, I would think, to win this whole thing if you really look at the squad. So uh, Jake pretty much needs a win and Joe from BJ to lose to propel himself to the top of the league. Um, and he will face off against Stein this week. So uh, watch for Jake in this matchup. And uh, watch for him in the playoffs because he might make some noise. So we'll see. We'll see if Jake can get it done and get a bye for himself. But he's going to need some things to happen to help him out. Above Jake is one of the more consistent teams in the league, sitting in second place in the Gentile division at eight and four. Is Jofe. Um, Jofe historically has not been a great team in this league, but this year he's completely turned things around, and he has yet yet to put up a sub one hundred point performance. That's that's pretty consistent, guys. Like it's it's hard to go a whole year without putting below 100 points. It happens to the best of us. I mean, look at Jake's team and how dominant they were, and they had two sub-80-point performances. Like Jake, I think he has a shot at the top spot, especially if BJ goes down here in the last uh, week of the season. He's guaranteed himself a top-four seed in the playoffs, so he can't do worse than the four seed. But he could find himself anywhere up from one down to four, depending on how things shake out here. He can really help himself out in Week 13 if he just gets a win against Dave. But Dave's a, Dave's a hungry dog, and hungry dogs run faster. So, Joe, if you got your work cut out for you, because Dave's going to bring it. He ain't going to get paintballed. So, uh, there is Joe sitting at second in the, in the Gentile division. And then sitting on top of the league right now, and number one in the Gentile division at 8-4, and four, is BJ, the Chicago kid. Most wins in the league, most points four in the league. He's been pretty fucking dominant. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, dude, what a pick. What a pick. He has had only one sub-100 game all year, and it came in the first fucking week of the season, so you can't even really count it. 
He's put up 140-plus points four times this year with one of those games coming in a loss to Jake. So if he didn't have that fucking monster coming at him, he'd probably have one more win. BJ can wrap this shit up and then get the number one spot and a buy in the playoffs with a win against Mark. If he loses, though, um, you know, his team could fall a little bit. All the way down to the four seed if things shake out certain ways and all that crap. So to just reiterate, here's your current playoff picture as things stand today. So Joe is the three seed. He would face off against the Kamish, the six seed. The winner of that game would take on the number two overall seed in ML, who gets a bye at this point. And then you would have the number five seed, Fox, facing off against the number four seed, Jake. The winner would face BJ. That's your playoff picture. So just to tell you again, these games this week, because they're important games here, week 13, something on the line for every single team. Isn't that crazy? Do you think we've ever had a year like that where every single team has something on the line? It's great. Couldn't ask for a better shakeout. But you got Zach Maron facing off against Zifo in the Battle of the Zacks. The Zach's Zach attacks. You got BJ, the Chicago kid, facing off against his brother-in-law, Mark Spack Daniels Whiskey. Then you got Jake taking on Stein. You've got ML facing off against your commish. And then Dave trying to survive against Joff to not get paintball. Exciting week 13. My alarm's going off. The squash... I believe is done. I think that's what that means. I'm going to go take that out real quick. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Jewel. You want to fucking smoke cigarettes and kill yourself? Have fun. I'm going to be over here vaping my dick off because Jewel is the only way you can get your fix without getting sick. Smoke a Jewel because it's cool. All right. Now we're going to go to the podcast, Sounders, which is a nice part of the podcast where we go to you. The audience and we say, "Hey, what do you? What's on your mind? What you got going on?" The first thing is, uh, it's going to come in from Mark. He wanted me to uh, to read this to you guys. So Mark writes in. He says, "My team is garbage. I choose Le'Veon first overall, and I can't even score more than a hundred points. I'm just happy that I won enough games to not be in paintball contention." Godspeed, Dave and Stein. I'm rooting for Stein to get paintballed. Sorry, pal. I'm honestly not sure. If it's because I feel bad for Dave or because I think it'd be fun to see you run back and forth getting pelted and screaming at us while shooting. Or go Steino, if you will. Well, good luck to those of you heading to the playoffs because I don't think I will. Great season. Thanks, Brent. Just remember, I beat all y'all asses in the draft competition. Peace out. Mark, that is true. You were very dominant in those games. Kicked all of our aces and got fucked cucked by the first pick, Le'Veon Bell. He didn't play this year, but it's all good, baby. We got a championship. Rest on your laurels, my friend. All right, now we go on to the real sounders. We're going to hear from our buddy, Mike. ML. The heat goes down, dude. My first loss in over a month, I think. Thought it was going to be a close one between me and Jerk, but uh, he really pulled away with it there. You know, you can't really go against Thielen. I mean, he's a beast, and he's, he's a great white buffalo. But uh, ready for a strong playoff push last week of the season. And uh, Brent, do a little side bet, dude. Um, I'm down for anything. Money? Uh, I don't know. Something weird? Not too weird, though. But, like, I don't know. Let me know. 
Oh, sometimes I get a good feeling. I'm going to make a bet with you, my friend. Mike and I have decided that since we play each other the last game of the year every fucking year, we're going to deem this, we're going to make this a tradition. We're going to deem it the bourbon bowl. And this year's bourbon bowl, that's exactly what's at stake. A bottle of bourbon upwards of $50. $50 bottle of bourbon goes to the winner of this week's matchup between me and ML. You guys you guys liked the match, right? The match was nice, but why was it nice? Because of the side action. This league should be getting in on that. Cash in on that side action, baby. Let's go back to ML. Missed you, Brent. No podcast in a few weeks, dude. Just miss hearing your voice, man. But uh, I'm glad you're back, dude. And uh, I know this is normally at the end of the podcast, but you did a hell of a job. Thanks, brother. I'm glad to be back. And uh, I'm going to stick it here on out till the end of the season. You get a podcast every week. How about that? Class of 2008 reunion recap, dude. All the usual suspects, you know? Me. Oh, uh, shut up. Every girl. Um, <laughs> she said every girl's wearing the same the fuck, outfit. Dude? Uh, <laughs> Ashley got me all fucked up now. Oh, I should fuck you up. Oh, all the usual suspects. Me, Brent, and Dave. Definitely the coolest cats in there, dude. Definitely. For sure. 100%. By far. By far. Brent left early, like 15 minutes in because Jen's drunk. Yep. But uh, we like Jen, and she was a good time, man. She didn't fight DeAndre. They had a nice little conversation. I caught that on the at the corner of my eye. Uh, that's good work by Jen. Um, my money's on Jen. Like ten out of ten times, though, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, Brent didn't even fuck her, dude. He may have like made out with her when he was like a like a preteen or something, but like <laughs> nothing there. But recap. Um, I guess we could put this out there. Dave Freeman might be gay. No, he is gay. Oh, so Brad Tonoff laid laid down um, nice little ditty for us, and uh, basically what it came down to is that Dave Freeman's gay. Uh, if you if you want more details, you can hit me up, and I and I'll give you the whole story. But I don't think any of us really care too much about Dave Freeman. Um, everyone everyone's good, man. You see, you know, a good like, hi, how are you? What are you doing? Oh, uh, oh. You, I live in Cleveland, and everyone's, and everyone's, you know, their tone changes. Like, oh, fuck. That, that sucks, dude. Somber. And, hey, it kind of does suck, but it's okay. Um, but glad to be a part of a, of, a, of a tight-knit group. We had a good turnout. Definitely had the over. Uh, but I had a good time. Brent, I'd love to hear your side of it, but uh, if not, you already did it. Um, if you'll recall, I took the over. On the uh, number of people there. I think I smashed the over. Right? Didn't I? Was I close? Can't really remember. I was fucked up, dude. I was real fucked up. But yeah, reunion was weird. It was a, a strange strange time, but it was fun. I would describe it as fun. It was cool to see like those random-ass people like Jared. Like Jared, Justin Cologne. Um, just those random people. And for the record, I have no idea why there was this like build-up of like, the matched part two with um, Jen DeAndra. But... uh Nine, like, not even close, like, ten out of ten times, Jen's gonna smash her. Jen's gonna smash most girls. Jen's kind of fucking scary, because you can't fight, you can't, you can't kill crazy, dude. She's like me. We're relentless. We'll hit you with a chair and stab you with, like, a piece of a lamp. Doesn't matter. You're going down, brother. All right. We're gonna go to Dave, who, uh, he did a nice job this week. Good work there, Dave. Really closing the season out strong. I appreciate that, brother. Let's go. Let's go right to you. 
right, good to have you back, pal. Missed you. You don't know what you have till it's gone, you know? But as much as I love you, Brian, I love Jake more this week. Jake is my best friend. He is the fucking man. Jake, you need your undies washed, your car cleaned, maybe your apartment cleaned. What do you need done, pal? Let me help you, because... You heard it right. Jake is numero uno. He's the fucking man. And I love him. God, Jake's a good guy. Decent bloke, Jake is. Oh, he's great. If you need anything done, Jake, let me know. I owe you one. Please beat Stein. Please beat him! Please, Jake! Oh, please! I'm begging you! Spare me, pal! Spare me! I know you want to shoot him with the Trump mask on. You want to shoot your boy again? That's boring. Switch it up a little bit. Come on. Help a brother out, dude. Get the dub. And let's fucking go. It was actually Jake's idea to shoot Stein with the uh, the with the Trump mask on. So I think he wants to see it more than most, right? You would think. Let's go back to Dave. Yeah, Joe. Don't put all the pressure on Jake's shoulders. Let me get a win, Joe. Come on, Jovi. I love you too, pal. Give your boy a win. Come on. Oh, John makes me live. Ooh, John makes me live. Come on, Joe. Don't put all the weight on Jake. Kid's done enough for me. Although I do love him, I love you too. If you want to give me a win, you know, just for a little safety blanket, that'd be great. That'd be really cool. I know you want to paintball Stein too. Come on. I think he would too. I don't know. The momentum here is building, building for Dave. Uh, despite the fact that Stein had a baby and all, you know, fuck you, dude. Stop having kids and fucking be better at fantasy football. Um, no, but that's great for you. Great, great, great work on, you know, using your dick to make babies. That's that's good. Good shit out of you. Back to Dave. I'm a loser, baby. Please don't paintball me. I'm a loser, baby. Please don't paintball me. You gotta get the dub, dude. I think that's it. Or uh, do we got one more? Please, guys. I'm begging you. Let me join the shoot and paint club. I want to shoot the paint. Come on. You know I go hard in the paint. Yeah, it was. Dave, I wanted you on that side with me pulling that trigger, brother. Um, and you know this this year, you know Trump mask. It's a very trying time. I don't know what the fuck I was gonna say there. I'm just gonna leave this in. I'm not gonna edit that out. 
Sometimes that happens. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to say something. Brain fart. Whatever. All right, that's it for your Sounders this week. A little light, but hey, I've been gone for two weeks. I understand, you know, you're trying to get back into the routine. But remember that there's going to be a podcast from here on out next week. After week 13, after everything shakes out, we'll come back in. We'll play. We'll preview the playoffs for next week because we're going to have two marquee matchups for the play-in into the championship games to decide who will play for the overall championship. And then we will tell you who was your division winners and all that great stuff. We'll have our awards show, which is a fun thing we do every year, uh, starting last since last year. <laughs> so yeah, a new tradition. Um, lots of stuff to get to. I think next week we're gonna we're gonna get some accolades out. We're gonna have fun time, make fun of some people like we always do. Hoping maybe to get an interview or two heading into the playoffs, a little preview, maybe a little trash talk, all that good stuff. We're gonna go out today with one of those fucking songs I was talking about. At least this one has a good beat. Stay tuned for next week. Gonna be good. Good luck to everybody. Commission's coming. Don't let me get in the playoffs. Talking about. Right. Uh, 